0: everybody, welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. I am really thrilled today to have a man that I consider not just a friend, but a great friend. You guys know him as one of the best college football players of all time, an incredible NFL wide receiver. But I know the guy that was inside the helmet, the human being, the young man who stood for integrity, character, raised by amazing people and his only vice in his life is that he's a Wolverine and I'm going to give him grace (laughs) because he's my favorite Wolverine and I take so much crap and he'll tell you it's true when I say this from Spartan Nation because I love Michigan State I'm a Spartan but he's the best college football player I personally ever put my eyes on and watched. and I saw Kurt Gibson and Lorenzo White they were all great but He played a position that somebody had to get him the ball. You know, quarterback touches it all the time. I mean, Tim Tebow, to me, the greatest, one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. People had to get him the ball. and But when they did, so many special things happened. But he's a better guy than an NFL and a college football player. My buddy,
1: the one and only, the
0: great one, Braylon Edwards. How you doing, friend?
1: You know, AC and AC doesn't stand for our head coach, man. Hondo, I really appreciate you for having me on your platform. Thank you. And the best thing I like about what you said is, is you know the person under the helmet. And I think when we're younger, so much is made about what we do on the basketball court or the football field or the baseball diamond or the ice insert professional sport here. I think as you get older, you're really, as an individual, you're way more appreciative of the person that you are, how people view you as a person, things that people say about you, and can people trust on you, rely on you. So I really appreciate that part about he's better human being under the helmet. I really meant a lot.
0: You know, that's why I love you. I, I know so many great players, but I don't consider them people I want to become friends with. And I, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you what I said about you years ago. You were a free agent in the NFL. Yeah. And I was asked by a buddy of mine who worked for a team. The first time I've told this story publicly, I've told it to Braylon before. But, and the guy called me and he goes, Hey, I know you covered Michigan State, but you also covered the Big Ten. What what do you think of Braylon? This is what I told him. I said, If Braylon drove a trash truck and he wasn't a football player, but he was the same guy he is, that's the guy you want to marry your daughter. And I said, He's aged, he's matured, he comes from a incredible family. I said, he is everything you want in a person. And I was really excited to see that team go on and sign you. And and I and, and, and they thanked me because of the man that you were. I love that about you. I just love the way you handle yourself. I love that what's important in your life. You've got your priorities. You know, as kids, how many of us as kids have great success and handle it well? But it's yeah. how after you realize, okay, maybe I can change this or change that. And I just respect you for it. I have so much love. You know I, I absolutely love your mother and your father. What a great man. And I just love you and I respect you. I always laugh. People will say to me, "Honda only has people on his podcast that he loves. Well, because you know, because you're a great journalist now. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be around people I don't like.
1: Yeah. It's really like when you're – when you when you get guys on the show and you're interacting, guys, you're doing an interview, a podcast, streamcast, a desk, whatever you do, like that energy is real. And if you have guys that you don't like or guys that you, you disagree with a lot, of guys in which you know you don't view them as a stand-up person, or you don't view them as an honorable person, or you don't view them as a person that accepts fault for things, I think it comes off natural. Like you can see the energy. Like we've had some guys on the show, and I won't say any names, but you you got guys in the chat comments and like, I don't think they like each other. Or I don't think this person or I don't think he respects this guy. So I think a lot of that too, for me, is the growth over the years. I look, I haven't always done the right thing. And I haven't always been, you know, the best. I've made many mistakes. And I'm going to make many more. But I think as, I, as I've gotten into this space, Hondo, you know, I'm 40 now. Like, I'm just appreciating making mistakes. I'm apologizing when I'm wrong. I'm looking back at things and hell, there may be a phone call that, You owe somebody for 10 years. I think I'm in that space now to look back, say, I'm sorry, and kind of move forward. And if you don't want my apologies, I'm also in the space to say, hey, it is what it is. I did my part. So life is fun if you grow. Like, if you allow yourself to grow, life is fun. And I still love sports. And that's why we're sitting here having these moments, man.
0: Now, I think it was 2004, and Raider fans, hang on, because we're going to get to some Raider stuff in a minute. But I think it was 2004 when you played in East Lansing. When you scored the three touchdowns, wasn't that 2004 or was that 2003? 2004 in Ann Arbor. Okay. All right. So when you were – one of the things that I want to share a story about Braylon Edwards. So it was in Ann Arbor. He scores three touchdowns, basically in the same part of the same end zone. And, you know, big rivalry game. He's going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. He's going to be an All-American. He's going to be the big for, you know, draft pick, all of it. And he comes out of the tunnel after the game, and he's done his interviews, and a million people want his attention. And he bumped into this older lady who's a volunteer. Now, if you've ever been to a game, you all see him. They're volunteers, yeah. and they're yeah. there, and they just yeah. – yeah. And this is what was so cool, because he stopped. He put his arm around. Her, are you okay? And and it was yeah. I'm the superstar. Yeah. Everybody here wants to talk to me. Everybody on TV's talking about me. Everybody on radio talking about me. But wait a minute. Are you okay? And I knew right then I'm gonna become friends with that guy. He, he that's a guy raised right. And and I just appreciate you and I respect you and I think the world of you. All right. I want to get into uh, the Raiders with you. Okay. Because they've got Antonio Pierce, who you know uh, yes. is the interim coach. Great, yeah, he's great do it. guy. Do it. great guy. What are your 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 views on Antonio first?
1: Uh, so I've known Antonio Pierce even before I got to the Jets. But when I was in New York, he was in New York. He was with the Giants, and we got a chance to hang out a lot. And Antonio Pierce is a guy. He's from L.A. Well, he's from Long Beach, but he's by the way L.A. That whole energy he embodies the late seventies and eighties. If he like if you're not a Giants, he's not rocking with you. He didn't rock with many Jets guys. I just happened to be his friend before that, man. So I got a chance to hang out with him a lot, especially those Monday night parties. But uh loyal, loyal to his teammates, man. Like once you're a brother, once you're part of the G-man, which now once you're a part of those Las Vegas Raiders, you're one of his brothers. He grew up a Raiders fan, so he really embodies what the Raiders mean. But as a teammate, he's a guy that's gonna everything that he's yelling at you to do, he's gonna do himself. He's not going to ask anything of you that he's not doing himself. He's going to be honest. He's going to be brutally honest, but he's going to get the best work out of himself. And I think also he's going to get the best work out of his teammates and inadvertently now get the best work out of his players. So I'm glad to see him get an opportunity and I'm glad the players have responded to him as a coach. And I want to see him kind of go the distance. I know you're going to ask about this, but we kind of talked about it uh, when you are on the show. I said, I remember the Rich Passaccia situation, and I remember how the players responded to him, and then that wasn't the move that they made that next coming season. And I think you saw a lot of resentment and a lot of pullback from the players. I think this is another opportunity for the Raiders to look at that and say, hey, look now, you got a guy they're responding to, a guy that's young, gets the post. I think what I saw in him is the Giants, it's the same guy he is as a coach with the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm hoping that at the end of this, they find a way to give him that gig.
0: I agree with you. I want you to know right up front, I'm rooting for him. I want him to get it. The players want him to get it. It's a different team. They're playing hard. They've had to throw a lot of the offense out because they didn't have the personnel to do it, and Josh McDaniel still wanted to do it. And the rookie quarterback wasn't able to. And the the job that he has done, and I want to go back because I think he gets an unfair blemish. And I want to ask you if you think I'm fair. And the reason I want to ask this, ladies and gentlemen, to Braylon is because we're good enough friends that he knows he can disagree with me. And I don't. And I, I'm, I, I, I defer to him.
1: 100%.
0: But everybody talks and calls him a player's coach, and he is. But I don't like a player's coach, and I don't like an authoritarian. I think you have to be both. And I think he sent a message when I'm – Television against the Chief, he benches Marcus Peters, gets in his face, and oh, by the way, the next day, cuts him. I I think he sent a message. Now, let me tell you something. There was no love lost in that locker room. And Braylon, you've been the guy in the locker room everybody loved, and you know what it's like when there's a player that when everyone wants him to go, we're going to leave it right there. I think he sent a message to the nation. I don't think it's why he did it. Yeah, I'm more than a players coach. Don't call me that. I'm a leader.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. I think in this particular situation, the two things just happen to align at the same time. You get a lot of guys and they get the misconception that a players coach is someone that's cool with the players, got the players number, may hang out with the players, maybe like Jared Goff and his wife, uh, uh, Kelly. And, you know, Josh McVeigh and his wife and how they all hang out and that makes the players coach and they're cool with you slacking off or late to meetings and things like that. The players coach, he's cool. He's a players coach. He, he's one of the guys. That's BS. That's 100% BS. When we say players coach, players coach is a guy that I can talk to, a guy that's approachable, a guy that's going to tell me straight guy that if I tell him, hey, I disagree with that, he, he's going to listen to me. He's going to take it under advisement, literally take it under advisement. You know, he's not going to be too high up to where there's a pecking order of people that I got to go talk to, to eventually get an information or a message to him. He's a guy that's not going to just continue to do it his way. Some book, some textbook of plays that he got and said, this is the way in which you run it. It doesn't work like that, Josh McDaniels. He's also a guy that's going to be able to call guys out that have Pro Bowls, that have – championships that have that cash. if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, he's going to call you out. And you saw that case with Marcus Peters. So what I love about Antonio Pierce is he wasn't doing it just to do it to set a message. One, it needed to be done. Two, it was the right thing to be done. But three, also, I'm going to show you that I'm not afraid to pull that trigger. If this is the right move, it's not me coming in and let me do something drastic to get everybody to He's the big guy. He's he's the head man on campus. and the big man in charge. No, this is what needed to be done, and I wasn't afraid to do it. That's what a players' coach is.
0: Totally agree with you. All right, I'm going to ask you something about AP because I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him to get the job. I want him yeah. to get it. You know this I, I, more than being a fan. I, I and I'm not a fan of pro football because I have friends that play on every team or coach or management. So yeah. I, I just root for good people. But I. You, when you you can't talk about good people and not talk about AP I think yeah. that's missed when he comes in as a topic of conversation people know the warrior player they know that he's tough but I don't think there's enough talk about this is a good man this is a good human being that you want leading your franchise you know him well do you disagree with me
1: I don't disagree with you all and AP is a guy that You know, yes, he's the warrior on the field, and he's the guy that's going to yell at his teammates. He's going to get in your face. He's going to get you to where you need to be, and he's going to ask you to get him to where he needs to be. He's going to do that with his players. But another thing about coaching, and I learned this through Lloyd, is you got to know the pulse of all the players on your team. It sucks, but hey, you're a head coach. That's your job. You gotta know the players that might need that hug. You gotta know the players that might need a little one-on-one situation where you talk. You gotta know the players that need you to get on their ass in the midst of everybody else so that they can say, okay, cool. I'm good. You gotta know the players that don't like that. You gotta know the players that hey coach, can you kind of talk to me over here? You gotta know the players that when they go into that that quiet space, no, 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 no. Let me get them out of that quiet space. You gotta know the players that. When they're riding too high, oh, let me bring you back down. And I think that's what he's going to be really good at. He's going to be really good at being in tune with his players. The ones that have success at the highest level, and in this case we're talking about Super Bowls, those coaches, they know the pulse of their players. You can't tell me Andy Reid doesn't know the pulse of his Kansas City Chiefs. You can't tell me Nick Sirianni doesn't know the pulse of the Philadelphia Eagles, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, Dan Campbell with the Detroit Lions. You can't tell me. Those guys know the pulse of their players, and I think that's where he's going to excel at. And I think that's what you, especially in this day and age, it's a different day and age. It's not like back in the day, even when I played or the nineties, the eighties, and seventies, where everybody kind of just fit on the team. Coaches have to coach the individual player in this day and age.
0: It's the old adage: if you people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. It. it it's, it's not true. just football; it, it's everything. All right, I want to ask you a question because obviously you're there in Detroit. You're from Detroit, um, and you have a great show on Woodward Sports, Ryan Armani. I love it. I love being on your show. But Dan Campbell has done something that I don't know if people outside Detroit – I know you realize it, but you're an NFL guy. I don't think people in Detroit realize he has opened the eyes – of the National Football League to players, and there's been a, a for a long time that you know, oh, you you played, you probably can't be a coach. I think that's been missed. We've missed a lot of great guys who could be coaches, yeah, because of that. Dan Campbell has opened the eyes. He's a disciplinarian, but he's a players' coach. He's done so well in Detroit, and I think the only difference really between him and AP is melanoma in the skin. I mean, yeah, that's man. it. They're the same guy. Your thoughts man. on that because you know both men.
1: You're absolutely correct. And uh, AP is light skin, so he's, he's close to Dan. He's close to Dan's color anyway. But looking at it from this standpoint is, I think in Detroit, it's always been a quick fix. It's always been let's have a big player or a big player too, and let's just kind of keep bringing in a Dre Bly or keep bringing in – insert free agent that you're going to pay like reggie bush or you know bring in, in these players and we're going to get it to work it's going to make sense or so you bring this coach in or that coach i I use the metaphor of this hondo people that are from here they don't know what potholes are but i'll tell you potholes are the road you get these huge cracks in the ground basically because of the heating and the freezing on the ground if you go six feet down that is how you properly repair a pothole if you go six feet down hondo Probably won't have to repair that pile for three to four years. But in Michigan, they go three feet down and you got to replace it every year. Dan Campbell built. The Detroit Lions were Brad Holmes six feet down starting three years ago. They said, we got to strip this thing down to the bolts. Sheila, we need you to be involved. We need your opinion. We need to see you. We want you to be the face. Thank you for bringing us in here. Trust us. We trust you. Got to get players that want to be in Detroit. Got to get players that want to play for the team. Got to get players that want to be on the team. They've built it through the draft. They've stuck to their guns. It took them some while. Hey, 2021 was an ugly year. 2022 start-off is an ugly year, 0-6. They finished 8-2. But now you're seeing the Detroit Lions. That's a foundation that's firm. You got a belief. You're built through the offensive line. You got a running game. You got a quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl. You gave them some confidence since he left Los Angeles in that, that horrible kind of in the middle of the night with Josh McVeigh, which is one of his biggest regrets, so he said uh, they built the foundation. Dan took the time, but it started with Sheila Hamm. She said, look, I want to hire my coach first. Six-year contract. We know it's going to take a second. Then hire Brad home. And then the first thing that they said at the podium, listen, it's going to take three years. Most people aren't honest with you like that. Yeah, we can do it this year. We're going to win this year. You know, we're going to win this year, and next year we'll be in the Super Bowl. B.S. It's hard to turn around like that. They were honest. They did it the right way, and now you're seeing, hell, you bring that up and how they're doing lately. Just found out that the Broncos and Lions just got flexed to an 8-15 night game uh, that Sunday that they play. It was going to be an early morning game. Now it's a night game because people want to see Dan Campbell and they want to see this Detroit Lions team. He's built it the right way. I think that's week 15, by the way, too. It is. Um,
0: which is they yeah. play. uh um, right,
1: so, Broncos, Vikings, Dallas, and Vikings.
0: All right, so let me just say this to you: there are no potholes in Vegas, baby. Uh, oh, I
1: know, <laughs> I know, I definitely know. But you got to get out here and, and stay they with me. Tell your car up. All right,
0: yeah, they will. All right, I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh for a minute. Now, I want to make it clear: I want AP to get the job. I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. People say, well, you probably hate him because you're a Spartan. No, you know this personally when we've talked privately. I got so much respect for Jim. I think he's a great football coach. Anybody that says he isn't, I mean, I don't want to hear about the sign stuff. The point of the matter is he's a great football coach. There's no way I have no issues with him. Get along great with him. But I want AP to get the job. But that being said, there is talk within the building that if AP doesn't, John is on the list. I don't think he's the front runner. I think the Bears of Carolina will get him before the Raiders, but that's right. another story. Um, but he is on the list, and it's not me talking about it. It's people around the situation talking to me as a reporter. I don't make the news, I report it. But I tell people this: he's a Michigan man, you're a Michigan man. But you played for him. Yeah. And I have other friends who I've told you who that played for him in San Francisco who told me great coach unquestionable great coach they right. did not like playing for him he wore everybody out and not because he's a terrible human i'm not saying that
1: yeah he
0: wore people out he wears out his welcome when he goes places and i'm asking you do you i believe he's different at michigan
1: But is that fair reporting? You played for him. Am I being fair? So I did play for him in 2011. And what I will say, you're absolutely being fair. With that being said, Jim Harbaugh is an individual, wherever he goes, he's going to turn that program around. You can go from San Diego, you can go to Stanford, you can go to 49ers, you can go to Michigan. So that makes him a great football coach. He's been to, you know, two playoffs. He's been to the Super Bowl. So he's a damn good football coach. You cannot take that from him. He was definitely uh, – he was he was a lot to handle, uh, pause in, in San Fran. There were many 10 o'clock nights during training camp, which is unheard of, like many 10 o'clock nights. He slept at the facility, many early meetings. Like, guys had to practice hurt a lot. Of, well, not hurt necessarily, but there was no breaks or no relief. And I think a lot of guys didn't want special treatment that they wanted those rent, those times through the year where you're like, you understand where the players are. They're a little beat down. You know, let's let's tone it down this week or let's taper off here. or You know what? I think these guys have had a really good training camp so far this week. Let's let's give them a night off and happy, make it a movie night. Like, everything with him was old school. Bo Stenbeck, three yards in a cloud of dust. It's time for meetings. It's time for football. What else is going on in your life? Like, it's not about your wives. It's not about your kids. You signed up for this. And I understand that to a certain extent. But I think he was trying to find that balance in San Fran. Now here's what I think about Jim Harbaugh now. From the time he got to Michigan, to who he is now, you've seen a difference in Jim Harbaugh. A lot of the players early on in his first five, six years didn't feel like the doors were open for them to just come in. They didn't feel like they could just have conversations or add input or disagree with things or say, Coach, I'm this or Coach, I'm that. A lot of that was just to bring a lot of older guys in from the NFL, too. Not coaches that understood the younger players. Kind of had a pulse on what's going on now. Can't necessarily coach like you coach in the NFL. You got to work with these kids. You got to develop these kids, which means you got to be around these kids, talk to these kids. If you look at Jim now, after those two abysmal years of losing Ohio State, well, 18 years, but those two in particular, 2019 or 2018, 2019 to now, you hire Ron Bellamy, you hire Josh Gattis, you hire Sharon Moore, you hire Mike Hart. <laughs> Shout out to my brother Mike Hart. The door is open. Look at how the players now talk about Jim Harbaugh. Look at Sharon Moore crying after the Penn State game. I didn't, ag- I didn't agree with the crying, but I understood the sentiment. Look at Blake Corn Look at JJ. They love Jim Harbaugh. Like, look at him after meeting. He's always giving the microphone to them. He's given a shine to them. (laughs) Excuse me. He's made it about the kids. He's made it about the program. He's actually brought kids into him. My nephew's on the team right now, Hondo, Micah Pollard, number four. Micah said, I went to Michigan for Jim Harbaugh. Like I was talking to, I was talking to Mike on Thanksgiving. I said, How do you feel about Jim Harbaugh? Just kind of everything is going, man. I love coach. Like I love because they talk differently about now. If you ask players that were on that sixteen, the spot game against J.T. Barrett in Ohio State, very different than the players that you were ask that have won these last three. So I think he's now in the space. He he will be a damn good coach in the NFL now, and I think the players wouldn't have to deal with what Patrick <laughs> Patrick Willis and myself and Justin Smith and insert player here. They won a lot of games. They went to the Super Bowls, but it just took a toll on a lot of those players. I think now now Harbaugh is ready to come back to the NFL and could have success at the highest point if he got with the right situation, right squad. And keep in mind, Harbaugh and I bump heads. So it's no secret that Harbaugh and I bump heads. So this is coming from a person that's non-biased about Harbaugh. He has earned my respect in the last three years as it relates to how he's opened up to players. How he's changed, dealt with this situation. He's a troll. I love it. <laughs> he reminds myself, but I respect what he's done in these last three years. It takes a, it takes a, it takes a strong individual to be able to come off of who you've been for fifty plus years mm-hmm. to change. People don't change like that, Lane. Like Mondo, so you got to give him a lot of credit. I
0: Agree. All right, I want to ask you about the Raiders. Because I always just thought you would—you were a quintessential Raider type guy. Yeah, you were scrappy. were you? And guys, and I mean, Silver and gray. Well, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, you had all the gifts that only God can give. Yeah. But you also know there are some guys that don't have any of the God-given gifts, but they got all the heart. Then there are guys with all the God-given gifts and no heart.
1: Yeah.
0: You were one of those rare guys that superstar nobody faster nobody could catch better i mean i watched michigan state triple team you and you went up and somehow contorted your body and just i mean just i remember i was standing eight feet from it and i'm like "Man, that guy's good and but yet you worked like i don't have any talent now i think that that comes from your parents you know you you weren't jim harbaugh talks about being born on third base and think you hit a triple yeah you were born on third base but acted like you were at home plate batting to get on base those things made you a a raider blue collar lunch pail
1: guy What was your
0: impression of the raiders when you played
1: I love the silver and black. Like the silver and black, like, growing up, you're talking about Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, like Willie Gault, if you want to go like that far in terms of wide receivers and speed. But just the attitude, the physicality, how long and you moving to the 90s? Like, the physicality of that. When Charles Woodson went there in 98, you know, I think he bought some of that silver and black back. Hell, he got to the Super Bowl with Jerry Rice and Rich Gannon, who won MVP that year. But I love the Raiders, and I appreciate that. My my parents are who I have to attribute that to because my dad was – you know, one of the best athletes Detroit City had ever seen. And he worked. Ever. Ever, no, like ever. Like ever. Like got drafted. People don't by,
0: understand. He got, People don't got understand drafted,
1: how good your dad was. So my dad got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles out of high school. He got drafted by the Orioles. He went to Michigan. He was a starting running back. And then they bumped him for Butch. But then he and Butch, Butch shared the backfield. Butch Wolfo, who went first round to the Giants. Yep. Uh, yeah, they 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards. So I saw him have to yeah. work that hard my mom had the heart. Like, my mom would always just, hey, man, you just focus at like, that heart and just let let that be you. Like, you have to find who you are. And then always, what's your why? Like, always always remembering what's your why. But going to the Raiders, when I played against the Raiders, like, I missed the Woodson Super Bowl year because I was still in college. So when I got drafted, it was kind of like it was the Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, Richard Seymour, and they were just kind of puxing along. But that energy was still there from the fans. Like the black hole was still. You didn't want to go to black hole. You get hit in the head with a battery. Trust me, I know because I didn't believe it. I had my helmet off and dig in there. Uh, but you, you still had players. They just couldn't put it together. I mean, you had Namdi Asomugha, who was amazing when his time at the Raiders. You know, you had uh, you had uh, was Route, Stanford. Route was, was pretty good. Fabian Washington. Like you had speed. Now like, you had a lot of guys that could play. It just didn't get put together. But that attitude on defense is still there. I mean, Warren Sapp was still fighting players. Rich Seymour still sacking quarterbacks. Attitude was there, but you couldn't put it together when I got in, in the league. It took a while.
0: Raylan, the Raiders are going to be probably looking for a quarterback at some point in the draft next year. Tell me what you think of J.J. McCarthy. Do you think he's a quality NFL player?
1: quarterback. I do. And I I think here's why. You can look at the stats and you can get confused because of how they pass in the Pac12 with Penix and uh Williams or uh Bonnex or you can look at the quarterbacks from uh ohio state over the years or you can look at insert spot here. JJ's numbers aren't going to wow you in that regard. JJ is a leader. JJ, uh JJ is confident being a leader. JJ has measurables that I don't think you get a chance to really see until Indy. He's gonna be over 6'3", He's probably six three, half, six four. He's gonna run four four mid to four four low. Like he's strong, he's intelligent, he can grasp the playbook. He can play. Like you're talking about a guy that hasn't lost a game in the regular season in the last, you know, 20, what are we at now, 25 games? Like mm-hmm. so, you guy hasn't lost, and he's all about the team. He's not a guy that's coming here and trying to be, and I'm not making, pointing at anybody else, but he's not coming in here like, oh, this is the J.J. McCarthy show, and this is that. He's the guy that wants to win, first and foremost, and I think that's what a quarterback has to do. Also, he's a guy that still is, like, he's open. Like, he still went behind the ears a little bit. So you can get him into a system, man, and let him really dive into a system, make something his own. I don't think he's really had a chance to show, how good he can be as a quarterback because it hasn't been asked of. When you got a guy scoring 22 rushing touchdowns in Blake Korn, and then you got another guy scoring oh, 21 in Hassan Haskins, you got Donovan Edwards, two years in a row you won the Joe Moore Award, which which is the best offensive line in college football. What are you going to do? Not to mention everybody knows Jim Harwell likes to run the ball. So I don't think he hasn't got a chance to show how good he is at quarterback position. So I definitely think he's – I know he's going to be a good talent in the NFL, right place, right situation. But he's a first-round talent in my estimation. I I believe that seriously. All
0: right. I'm going to get into one other subject with you, then I'm going to let you go. But I think it's an important one. If AP continues to lead this team the way he is, and they get to eight or nine wins – nine is what I predicted, but if they get to eight or nine – I have said there is going to be a mutiny in that locker room if they don't keep him. Now there was a lot of angry people when they didn't keep Rich Passaccia. Including me. Yep. And then along comes AP and, and, you know, okay, maybe the owner learned. You've been in those locker rooms. You were a glue guy in the locker room. I've never heard an ill word about you from anybody that was in a locker room with you. And so my question is, take fans inside a locker room and the dynamic, how important that coach is. Because when I say there's going to be a mutiny, people ask me, what are you talking about? It's your boss. Who cares? They don't understand the amount of time NFL players spend together, considerably more than their own family during the season. And the impact, can you please take fans in the locker room and explain that and
1: what and, and why there would be a mutiny? Yeah, uh, I'll take you four coaches back. This is what the Las Vegas Raiders have been dealing with since four coaches ago. John Gruden, he's out. You bring in Rich Pasasha, Everything that happened that year with John Gruden, and it was a lot. We don't have to get into that, but it was a lot. It took a toll on that team. And that's why I was pissed about the Derek Carr situation, Josh McDaniels because I can't believe you would allow somebody to really stand up there for that team at another store. But you had that go on. You had Henry Ruggs. The emotion in that locker room, when Rich Passaccia takes over, it's just – I can only imagine. These guys are like, man, it's the same old stuff. Here it is, and I don't want to be here. Man, I'm just planning to get to the end of the season. And Rich Passaccia gets into the playoffs. So now you have the highs the lows, the highs of the playoffs, Rich Passaccia. Now you're like, look – we got a guy Rich risk besides we can rally around like maybe this isn't you know we got boom and then they don't bring him back and then they bring a guy in uh josh McDaniels, to another patriots guy do it the patriots way that patriots way only exists when tom brady's on the team let's just call it what it is so then you have that josh McDaniels comes here nobody wants to play for josh catcher like why did i even come here Talking about number 17, like why, which is a good question. Why did I even come here? Josh Jacobs, like, does this guy realize that I led the league in rushing last year? Now I can't get the ball. So now you got guys that are jumping off the bandwagon and want to leave. Josh McDaniels gets removed. Now you bring in AP. Instantly, always watch your stars. Look at look at Devontae Adams energy from one week to the next. Look at Max Crosby. Smoking cigars after the win in the locker room. Look at Josh Jacobs. Look at the team coming together. You're like, yo, this is, y'all know what this is, but this is something, like this is what we have. To get these guys' energy from where they were, the Monday night game against the Lions, I was here. To go from that to where they are now, if you were to take AP from them, I guarantee you, that locker room has been through too much in the last three years. You'll never get them back, and you'll become one of these teams that's just flailing in the wind. Like, you'll never get it right. You'll never get it right. So, AP, if he gets to 8-9, if he gets to 9-8, if something like that happens, do yourself a favor. Mr. Davis, do yourself a favor. I'm calling call you Mr. Davis. Do yourself a favor. Keep AP, because the locker room is vibing with it. The energy is good in the locker room. People want to come to the practice facility. When you're not winning and the energy isn't good, you don't want to go to the practice facility. You don't want to be around the colors that you wear. You don't want, and then you damn sure don't want to go in the games because you don't want to get embarrassed yet again in the NFL professional football. You're looking for the cancun trip, first week of January. That's what you're looking for. Right now, these guys aren't looking for the cancun trip. They're looking for ways to get better. They're looking for play ways to play together. So that's the locker room that they have now. They don't bring AP back and they bring in somebody. Hell, let's say it's Jim Harbaugh. All we don't know Jim Harbaugh, but we know AP. So that's what you run the risk of in this situation. If you get 8-9 and nine, and then you don't bring him back like you didn't bring back Rich Pesasa, which is still a big, big blunder, in my opinion. So got to keep him because the energy. Energy is all we have, man.
0: I agree. All right, one last question, if you don't mind, but it's it's one I've been sharing, and I'd love your input as a player.
1: Please.
0: <throat> I think if they decide to go with AP, here's how they do it. They go to AP and say, we're going to give you a, a three-year deal at $4 million a year. Yep. And earn. But, but we're going to keep Champ Kelly as the GM. He's going to be your boss. But any time within those three years, and it's fully guaranteed, you're going to get the whole three years. If at any time in those three years you get this team to the playoffs, it automatically extends five years. So if you get them there in year one, it, your, yeah. your, you have two years left, it's now a seven-year deal. We're going to raise you to $10 million, which is what they paid Josh and Gruden, who didn't get them to the playoffs. That's only fair. Yeah. And we go back retroactively and pay you $10 million for the time that you were only getting four. I think that's fair. It allows the Raiders owner to say, "Listen, you don't have head coaching experience. I'm willing to give you the shot. Are you willing to bet on yourself?" And you and I both know AP. He's taking
1: that deal. Oh, he's definitely going to take the deal. I don't know a man that wouldn't take that deal because at the end of the day, I think it's a fair deal all the way around. You look at Mr., uh, you look at Mr. Davis. Like, hey, look, I didn't just spend money on John. Now I've spent money on my, uh, on Josh McDaniels. Look, we've spent a lot of money on coaches. You weren't necessarily on the radar. You kind of fell into the job. But I like you. The team likes you 100%. This is what we're thinking. And if you become the coach that we believe you can, that the team definitely believes you can, handle everything you just said, sign me up for it. Because I think at the end of the day, you still have to prove yourself. Like, you still have to prove yourself. Like, you got a $4 million is a good $4 million. But he's the head coach of the team that he grew up idolizing, the team that he wanted to be a part of. So $4 million and that promise that win, because he's going to do it. When I get this team to the playoffs, I get to get retroactive and a five-year extension. I think it's a fair deal all the way around. Everybody wins. Like, I don't see a way you lose in that deal. Because you get an opportunity to be the head coach. You get a chance to make more money. get a chance to get some some film. get a resume out there. So if it doesn't work there, maybe. And then, Mark, you get a chance to get off the hook. And I have to pay another guy $10 million or $100 million deal. So I think it's, it's a fair deal for both parties
0: now listen uh this is what i hope i hope champ kelly and ap keep their jobs jim harbaugh goes to chicago yeah or goes to carolina i don't care where right and and it's not that i don't want him in vegas i want ap to get the job and i want him out of michigan because now that my spartans got jonathan smith
1: i want him to have a chance and we all know harbaugh's Mm -hmm. building a dynasty Man, he's built it. I mean, he's built it in terms of a Big Ten dynasty. I mean, three in a row. Right. They haven't they've lost one game in three years in the Big Ten. Well, and counting, because obviously the game has a happy end It's Saturday. But yeah, he's built the dynasty. But check this out. Johnson Smith, I guarantee you, his first move as Michigan State coaches, he's gonna bring in Dante Moore out of UCLA. Mark my words. Dante yeah. Moore, yeah. Dante Moore, the quarterback from UCLA. Like he's already a transfer portal. He's from Detroit. Detroit King High School, the high school I went to, makes sense to get him in Michigan State. Get this thing rocking and roll.
0: Yeah, and I think he's going to bring his quarterback also from Oregon State too, and he's a good one. The back, listen, he's a
1: pretty good quarterback. Yeah, Young-Alele is going in the draft, but the backup quarterback's coming.
0: Correct. Listen, Braylon, I love you. You know that. I, you too, I love brother. the ball that you are. I'm so proud of you. Please tell your dad hello. Give your mom a big hug from me. She knows I I love her, but just give her a hug. And I just want to say this. My Aunt Monica is the biggest Michigan fan I know. Okay. And when she found out that you were my friend, I mean, she (laughs) she went from like, oh, my niece is marrying him to... Oh, you know, whatever. so I want you <laughs> to know you are you, you are one of those guys that I wish everyone knew yeah. the man.
1: I and I that.
0: just you know, this Hondo Carpenter loves you. We're, we're friends. If I could ever do anything for you, I would do it in a heartbeat. You, you could just say, I don't even have to ask Hondo. He'll do it. And yeah. that's what friendship is. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love to watch good people prosper, and you're
1: one of them. I'm proud of you, buddy. I don't know, man. I love you, and I really value you and appreciate our friendship and relationship, buddy. He is one of the good guys, one of the best
0: college football wide receivers to ever play the game of football. I watch Charles Rogers. I watch Kirk Gibson. I've seen all the great ones, and let me tell you, there's a ton of them, and they all deserve the respect. So does he. Don't ever not put him in the conversation. The greatest player in the history of the University of Michigan and one of the top three in the history of the Big Ten, the one and only, the great Brendan Edwards. will be back. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa. Whoa.